Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? Doing fine, thank you. Good. Doing good. well. But I'd like to stop a war. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. A big one. <laughs> That's when, you know, we were in a lot of trouble in the early part of this century. You know, we had had 9-11, and uh, one of my jobs was to... Uh, personal job, yeah. we should try to prevent the expansion of an unnecessary war related to 9-11. And uh, so I heard there was somebody way far off that really understood the issue. His name was Daniel McAdams. <laughs> uh -oh. So I said, well, it sounds to me like he understands the issues. And uh, we checked him out, and he was not for the war over there. <laughs> and so... So uh, then Daniel came to our office then, and immediately our job seemed to be, yeah. you know, uh, we spent a lot of time on it. It wasn't like one day a week. Sometimes it was every day yeah. we would say anything because we would get a lot of press conferences. And, you know, of course, we uh, had built an alliance with uh, the progressive Democrats, uh, you know, to try to prevent war. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like we're back there again, deja vu. Yeah. And this time uh, the players are a little bit different. And uh, it, it seems like a mess, but right now it's uh, the uh, progressives are gone, but the media, I don't know what you call the Democrats now. They're not even good mainstream Democrats, and yeah. they're not... Uh, uh, they're not progressives, and uh, there's a few in there that still think for themselves. But anyway, there, there's not much activity there, but there certainly is a pro-war element there. Yeah. And just because they have been anxious to have animosity toward uh, that four-year term with, with Trump, they had to take the opposite. Where Trump came up short for libertarian foreign policy, he at least, uh, you know, he made a point that uh, he, he, uh, uh, the, the body bags didn't come back and yeah. the, the wars were expanded. Uh, but he, uh, he, he's been the target. So that made the Democrats more aggressive. And we're suffering from this now because there's been some questioning of the American people, which is something that uh, sort of confirms what I've said. People don't want wars, you know, they just don't get up and say, oh, let's have a war, it's good for the economy. Uh, right now, the little bit of polling has been done, the American people aren't saying, no, this is different, Ron, you gotta do it because the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. Uh, and uh, yet they're not even old <coughs> enough to remember the Cold War yeah. when we had missiles in Cuba. But in, anyway, they, uh, uh, they are anxious to do something. The propaganda machine, the woke generation, the military industrial complex, the university professors, they have a pretty good group. And there's a lot of overlapping with the war against COVID. You yeah. notice that, that same group of people. So they're out there propagandizing why might something should be done. And of course, the threats are out there. Oh, the Russians, the, Mush the Russians are going to commit a coup in, in uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Well, we remember very clearly 2014. Yeah. I think there was a coup then. And uh, then also there's uh, also been false flags in our history, in my lifetime, certainly. And they've, they've occurred uh, rapidly. There were some false flags and accusations uh, over Iraq. So that's just to stir up the emotions. A lot of that is going on. And quite frankly, I think it's way overblown. And that doesn't mean that you should roll over and believe everything that Putin says. But uh, I think 
I think when uh, there's an opportunity to talk to somebody for a little bit uh, in a sincere way, uh, we ought to do it. That's pretty old-fashioned. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's wimpish to actually talk to people before you take your kids off to war and get a bunch of people killed. Yeah, well, it's, you know, th this administration is in crisis. And it's not necessarily Biden, because I'm not sure how there he is, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but you have an administration in crisis. You have power mongers, uh, power brokers in crisis, Ron Klain, but you also have people like Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, and Antony Blinken. These two figures were intimately involved in the 2014 coup. They were the prime movers and shakers, along with Victoria Newland of the 2014 coup. And I think they see in this an opportunity to fulfill their earlier work, which hasn't gone that well. Ukraine is hardly the shining beacon of democracy and market economy in Europe that they promised it would be if we changed their government by force. Um, so they're looking to make this, their, to revisit a mistake they made and to fix it the right way. But Biden, uh, Biden's numbers, as we know, are in the tank. They're gone. The economy, as we sit here talking, is literally crashing. NASDAQ is toast. Uh, cryptos are toast. Inflation is through the roof. The stores are empty. Uh, you have a failure of COVID. He didn't do what he said. All he's got is Fauci telling us we're going to have to take four shots now. So all of this is pointing to a real disaster for the people who care only about uh, political power. And that's what this administration is full of. And, of course, the Republican Party has plenty of those, too. So it's kind of a perfect storm, I think, now for them to ratchet this up. And they're doing it, Dr. Paul. They're ratcheting it up. They're making things up out of thin air. They're blatantly lying. They're having the whole, the whole usual mainstream media, intelligence sources inform us that dot, dot, dot. Well, we can't tell you who, who told us or what it's all about. No, so it's a perfect storm. And if they're not careful, it's going to be a storm like we got here in 2017, right, yeah. with the hurricane. Um, um, Harvey, I mean, they're playing with fire and they don't seem to know or care. Well, a lot of times this occurs, you know, uh, in politics. Uh, in almost every country is they have to pander to their base or the stronger element because they're uh, saber rattling. And there's a little bit of that, but there are some that uh, it's been so hard for me to believe uh, that, that there's a strategy of actually maneuvering our country into war. Yeah. I have really trouble with that, especially looking at the history of the 1930s and the early 40s on leading our involvement, you know, uh, and actually getting a war to be precipitated, to who, who gets the blame? Oh, no, we didn't go out and start this war. We got them to do that. Yeah. In a way, right now they're talking about false flags over in Ukraine. Yeah. And a false flag, you, you know, uh, that we, we can do it and say, see, we told you, we told you, yeah. you know, that uh, the Russians would do this and make an excuse for them to invade this, this uh, threat coming from Ukraine. They're on their way to Moscow. So yeah. that, that, is, uh, that is the big thing. But right now, today, there was, and yesterday, there was an announcement that uh, all the families have to leave. That's always yeah. ratcheting up a bit. Oh, all yeah. diplomatic families have to leave, uh, you know, Ukraine. And, uh, and now, you know, the, the, the hint is out, the statement is out, that uh, more troops are going. The way they destroy, uh, deploying thousands of troops to Eastern Europe, you know, being prepared as, as if Ukraine can fight 
two fronts. Yeah, they can fight uh, Europe and, and Russia at the same time, but it, but it's it's a mess. And uh, you you already mentioned uh, how the different groups uh, support this, and one of the big groups, of course, uh, the military-industrial complex. It seems like the deep state has an influence and a connection to those people that will make a profit. And uh, since I have trouble believing that they're so bad that they want to see a couple million people die. So, but I can believe that they would cheat, steal, break the Constitution, but whatever, uh, you know, to have a little war going on and uh, just have, you know, tension build up. And certainly the tensions are building up and they're building up in the markets too. And the markets are, are uh, you know, pretty good at assessing, you know, uh, you know, the dangers around the world. And right now, today, especially and yesterday and last week, uh, even though it was vulnerable because we set the stage for a bubbled economy and along with COVID, the false war of COVID has set the stage for this. So it's uh, not going to be difficult to create a lot of problems, which some people like, because that's the signal for us to take over. That's what Marxism believes. And yeah. it seems like they have a fertile field out there for causing chaos. Yeah, exactly. Let's put up this first quote, because this underscores what you're saying, Dr. Paul. You have to establish a sense of crisis. There is a crisis so important that we have to evacuate the embassy in Kiev. State Department orders diplomats' families to leave U.S. embassy in Kiev amid Russia tensions. That conveys to the average American reader that something big is about to happen. But the real point is, the Russians are about as likely to march in, into Kiev right now as they are to march into Berlin. I mean, they're about as equally likely. The last thing they want to do, so they get to Kiev, what are they going to do then? Hey, we're here, we took it over, now what? I mean, it's this kind of thinking, it's so World War II thinking, uh, and it's just so absurd and preposterous. But the last thing the Russians want is to own Kiev. It's very simple. And the Russians, and I we mentioned in an article that I wrote over the weekend, the Russians have been very clear on this from the beginning. We have tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of Russian citizens in the eastern part of Ukraine. If the government in Kiev makes a military move against them, we will prevent it from happening. It's, it's no surprise. It's no secret here. But, you know, but they're, they're building it up. Let's look at the next clip. It's Boris Johnson, who's got trouble of his own. He's clinging to power by his little fingernails. He's all along with it. He says, Russia risks the new Chechnya if it invades Ukraine. Uh, invading Ukraine from a Russian perspective is going to be a painful, violent, and bloody business, he said. Uh, he's, he's very much ramping it up, agreeing with the U.S., but the Europeans don't have the same view. Let's look at what uh, the foreign policy chief of the European Union said, if we can put this next uh, clip up real quick. He says, we're not pulling diplomats' families out of Ukraine. There's no need to dramatize this. Keyword, and he used it in quotes, dramatize, because that's exactly what they're doing. Let's look at the next one here real quick, Dr. Paul, because this is a quote from him. We're not going to do the same thing, i.e. pull our diplomats out, because we don't know of any specific reasons, he said. <laughs> I don't think we have to dramatize. He said he's, given, he's been given no information that would lead him to determine that there is uh, any cause for, for, for evacuation. It's just for, it's just for show. And the, the last thing, Dr. Paul, is Ukraine itself now is thinking twice about this whole thing. Because, of course, the Americans are happy to fight down to the last Ukrainian. <laughs> Let's look up this last one really quick. Because here's the foreign minister of Ukraine. Talk about pouring cold water on the idea that an invasion is imminent. This is the Ukrainian foreign ministry. Quote, 
They're, they don't understand why the U.S. is sending home its diplomats. They view it as premature and a mass manifestation of extreme caution. Here's what they say. In fact, there have been no cardinal changes in the security situation recently. People should read that and listen to that twice. The threat of new waves of Russian aggression has remained constant since, 20, since 2014. There is nothing new. The Ukraine's own government who would like nothing better than have the U.S. come in you know, full bore, they're saying nothing's changed since 2014. You know, um, I'm, I'm wondering if all this tough talk and preparation by the administration, do you think this is going to uh, push Biden's uh, <laughs> numbers up? It could, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's sad, though, yeah, yeah, sad, yeah. which it should. I know on the short run that might happen. But the tough talk is the thing that they refer to. But but you know what? Uh, we, we've concentrated now on the bad advice and the administration doing all these things. But where's some of this pressure coming from? They're, they're on Fox. Yeah. You know, and they're Republicans. They're Republicans, and they're too. the Republican hawks. Uh, yeah. You, you know, uh, Pompeo's on there t- talking about toughing it up. You yeah. Know? And Tom Cotton, that's what they want to do. Their criticism of, Trump, of Biden is that he's not in there already. Why aren't you bombing? So it's a bipartisan deal. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the family thing has uh, been, been discussed already. But uh, but Biden is, is, you know, considering sending uh, thousands of troops to Eastern Europe. Yeah. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, what Russia's doing, they're responding with 20 warships to the Baltics. Maybe, maybe not or what, but yeah. they're using up a lot of energy. Yeah. But, yeah. but if they don't respond, then... Uh, Maybe politics exists in Russia too. Maybe he has to appease a few people there that doesn't. Uh, they don't want him, and the Russians don't want to look like they're being pushed around by somebody as as uh, weak as our administration. So, well, yeah, the number one opposition party, despite what U.S. propaganda says, Navalny has like two percent in the polls. The strongest opposition party in Russia has always been the Communist Party, and it was the head of the Communist Party who just a couple of days ago said to Putin, "You need to recognize uh, uh, the uh, the Eastern." provinces of Ukraine as Russian territory. So the pressure that he's getting from his opposition is not to back down, it's to move forward. So you're right. I think there is a political component to that. They ought to uh, confer with uh, Gorbachev. Yeah. <laughs> take, take a risk. But anyway, there's a time bomb over there, and it looks Literally. like it's built. And, yeah. you know, something major could happen today, or somebody might come up with a common sense. But this is not likely... Uh, to un, you know, unwind gradually, like each day this week, uh, somebody conce- there's a concession on each side. Yeah. Uh, I just don't sense that I've heard of that happening very often. Something major usually is an event. Not that it has to be a major war, but there might be a major tragedy or an accident. But th- this whole thing, the United States is participating in coups and false flags for, for so long. And it, it domestically, what do we do? What, what they do with Trump? Uh, we, the, the Democrats, uh, you know, accused Trump of doing what they were doing yeah. all along. Yeah. So it's uh, no, no wonder the people are so disgusted with all this, you know, and uh, and, and why and they have, have they have uh, lost their trust in government, which which uh, some people think, you can't say that's a good deal. Well, I think if, if they're doing dumb things, that's good that the people are waking up. And, of course, we could apply that to COVID. You know, the 
there, there's evidence that uh, people are waking up about COVID, uh, even though the, the other side is buckling down. You better not do this. People are still dying. We need more vaccines. Yeah. If four doesn't work, we're talking about five, five uh, boosters. Yeah, a booster a week. Yeah. But the thing about why so many Democrats are on board with this is that it reaffirms all of their false fantasies over four years of Russiagate, you know? See, we told you we were right. Okay, none of the evidence here ever pointed to Trump being a Russian uh, agent, but see, there is something there. So it reaffirms all of these, these fantasies. I want to go through a couple of quick clips, if you don't mind, Dr. Paul, just because I spent so much time making them. <laughs> if we can just go through them really quickly, here's what Dr. Paul just said. Biden is com- uh, considering deploying several thousand troops. That makes a lot of sense as well as aircraft and warship. Uh, the next clip real quick, this is the piece that I did um, on ronpaulinstitute.org website if you wanna look for some background. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I did do it. The next one is, um, one last final thing, Dr. Paul, that I wanted to talk about on this is, um, if you can look at this next, yeah, here we go. U.S. accuses Russia of conspiring to take over Ukrainian government. This came out over the weekend. Basically what happened is that the U.K., published something said UK intelligence is saying that they're planning on coming and having a coup like you started the show with Dr. Paul well it turns out the UK got their info from the US and the UK leaked it to US newspapers so just to make it look like it wasn't the US doing it if we can move uh, to the next one and this tells you what, what, what happened this is Caitlin Johnston we have a, her in the Ron Paul Institute a website anonymous officials claim there's an evil Russian plot again but the evidence is secret again and this is, this is how the media works, Dr. Paul. This is in her article talking about how they la- essentially they laundered this. Look at the next clip, please. Um, in Washington, officials said they believe the British intelligence is correct. Two officials said it had been collected by British intelligence services. Uh, not true. And the last one, Dr. Paul, because this has been going around on Twitter, it's not something I invented, but this tells you everything you need to know about the American media in a nutshell. Put on this next one and expand it if you can. Jen Psaki, Russia could at any point launch an attack in Ukraine. <laughs> this, is from, this is from Politico, and look who presented the article, Lockheed Martin. I mean, this is the American media in a nutshell. Talk about corruption. Uh, people wake up, please yeah, wake up. Yeah. It's not that complicated. Yeah. And as bad as it is with the internet, I say there's still information out there, but you gotta sort it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, I, think, I think we have enough freedom to do that. Still, when you yeah. think about, there was a time in, in our history where the only thing you could do is write a pamphlet and hopefully it would spread around. Well, how did the Soviets, the underground people in the, in the Soviet system, yeah. they, did, they, they did little pamphlets and secret ways of, of uh, sending They could never silence the people. Yeah. You still had the Solzhenitsyns yeah. you know, speaking out. Well, I'm going to talk about Germany. Yeah. Germany's in the news a little bit. Uh, they're, they're concerned. The German government all of a sudden got concerned about what's happening. And it looks like there's a pro-liberty movement breaking out. And this frightens them a little bit because there's a group getting together and saying, you know, uh, we don't like all this anti-COVID restrictions. Yeah. We, we'd like to make up our own mind of this so they're demonstrating. And, and, you know, it was real easy to write off all the German people 
about them being, uh, you know, for all this authoritarian stuff. Yeah. But evidently, uh, they're they're waking up and saying we don't like it either. So this this is good news, and maybe maybe there's maybe they should sense that uh, here it is our administration here the Russian. One thing that would be just wonderful in a free society, Russia goes around the countries that said you know you can't come through our country, but we're going to put a pipeline through the ocean and get gas from Russia over over to uh, Ukraine and uh, no, over to Germany and we put a monkey ranch in yeah. it and, and that's the way you neutralize all things but but no uh, but that doesn't that doesn't satisfy the people that wants to sell gas from here so they're arguing the case that a little pipeline from Russia over to Europe and over to Germany is uh, is better than us uh, you know, coercing them in a way and badgering them to buy stuff from us. So it's just, it's, it's, you know, the interventionism is not good. And that's why I like to see these people standing up and say, look, uh, uh, this, uh, we're, we're against all these restrictions. We, we need to open things up and we ought to be more sensible. Yeah, and you know, for those people who, who always ask us to put the links and everything, this Paul Joseph Watson did this in Summit News, it's easy to find. But it's, it's pretty interesting. Over Germany, there were protests in over 1,000 locations. And the German wow. government is saying, this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. Instead of saying, you know, hey, maybe we should listen to the people on this because <laughs> they seem to be pretty ticked off. No, they're looking for ways to shut them up and smash them down. And as you said, Dr. Paul, absolutely so eloquently, you can't do that. You can't do that. An idea his time can come cannot be stopped. Uh, but it's interesting hundreds of thousands of people throughout Germany. And by the way, in Brussels, there was a massive protest. It was violent, which is unfortunate, but massive, massive protest. We had one in D.C. too, by the way, over the weekend, a very good one. But uh, Paul Joseph Wasserman writes about uh, a scandal in Hamburg where the mayor falsely claimed that unvaccinated represented 95% of COVID cases. Uh, well, the Senate investigated that and they found it was actually 14.3% of the people with COVID were unvaccinated. So the vast majority of people with COVID are vaccinated in Germany and elsewhere. Um, and the people are seeing through these things now and they're taking it to the streets. The German government would be wise to start listening to people a little bit. Well, you know, we've talked about Canada off and on. Yeah. And uh, I want to mention a few things about Canada because, you know, there was a time when I sort of uh, have mentioned this many times that Canada would uh, have an understanding of civil liberties and protecting people and actually was involved with uh, protecting people who didn't want to go to war in Vietnam. But uh, but they've joined the crowd, uh, the internationalists and our government, in uh, lockdowns and COVID, uh, anti-COVID activities and this this sort of thing. And so, uh, and they've already have their economic problems and they have this, the uh, complications from being locked down. They have food shortages and they have a mess. So you know what they did? They said, well, there are truck drivers trying to compensate for this, to do their job and uh, get some food out there. But no more, and not unless they do, not unless they take the needle. Yeah. And uh, of course, a lot of them didn't want to. Maybe truck drivers are like pilots; they're independent-minded, and they they didn't want to, and uh, yet they they were being forced to uh, by the government. 
So what is what do we do? And that's what's in the news right now. Yeah. We, we come along, uh, and it's the U.S. to close the borders to unvaccinated Canadian people, punish them even more. Yeah. The people are suffering, and some people are coming over here, and they're delivering some goods. And so we say, well, no, we're not going to do that. What we ought to do is cooperate and show that the market solves these problems, you know, can do it. You know, I think of the temporary problems when you have hurricanes, they, they give up on it, and they start saying, well, we have to ration and we have to take over and, uh, and uh, protect the people, which is exactly the opposite. You want the marketplace to do it. And we'll hear what they're doing here. They're messed up. All their policies have messed it up. They need more freedom not to say, well, we're going to close the borders. We won't even let a Canadian truck driver come over here. And we're shortage of food, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the truck drivers of uh, North America ought to say, let's deliver the food. Let's yeah. deliver the goods. And maybe we could fill the shelves up again. Or maybe they should take a strike for a week and not deliver anything, yeah. you know. But people looking around and seeing empty shelves, and I see it here in Lake Jackson even, you look around and it's very, it's very concerning and alarming. People that look around and can't get any food, they should blame the governments, not the truck drivers, not anything else. It's the Canadian government who first told the Americans, you've got to have your shots to deliver stuff here. And as you say, the Americans said, oh yeah, well you have to too. You know, as usual, the governments bicker and people starve. The other thing is, they closed the border in Mexico, too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, isn't that interesting? They're all of a sudden going to have these trucks that are coming up. We're going to find out whether these truck drivers have vaccinations <laughs> after just anybody and everybody can come. Yeah. But, but not if you don't have your shot. They should disguise you, themselves you as come, illegals and they come in. over. That's hilarious. So, we got a couple more, I think, here before we close it out. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, there's been some stories on uh, ivermectin. This strikes close to home for you. Yeah, you know, uh, I went to Duke. Rand went to Duke. We went. Uh, Rand went to medical school. We both went to medical school, not undergraduate. But it's known to be a liberal, a liberal campus. Uh -huh. And uh, but um, they were, you know, they blended in with all the universities. But all of a sudden, ivermectin potential to treat COVID gets a serious look in the Duke University study. And it's not just at Duke, it's sort of a national study that they're pulling together. And you know, the, the positive thing I thought about here was the fact that, uh, uh, you know, New Hampshire is also, you, you know, lightening up. They, they think they'd like to change the laws up in New Hampshire where you don't even need a prescription. If you, if you want ivermectin, you just walk in a drugstore, yeah. like marijuana. <laughs> in some places, yeah. You know, just think how many years it took for people to wise up, you know, not because uh, marijuana is going to take care of everybody, <laughs> but I, I liked it because it uh, got rid of the drug war, which caused the violence. So th this is the case. If they're moving in that direction, maybe maybe they'll be enlightened because I always thought that uh, the drug war would end more than it has ended. But it, it was sort of like a, after many years, all of a sudden, the people who condemn marijuana and voted against, you know, doing anything to lighten up on some of these laws, all of a sudden they're all in, they're making money at this thing yeah. and everything else. But but uh, I, I just think that uh, uh, it's a total foolishness, but I'm encouraged. Uh, I'm glad Duke's doing that. Uh, they pr probably called Rand and asked him what, he, what, <laughs> what they should do. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We've never pushed ivermectin. We've never, we've, we just wondered why won't you even study it? You know, just take a look. If it's no good, whatever. They, you know, they study a lot of things that end up being no good. Some of them are even on sale right now, we won't say. 
but but it's good that they're doing this. And yeah, that, excuse no, me. No, go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I, my thought was that, uh, you, you know, I was early on, a long time before anybody would do it. I'm, it'd be me and Rohrbacher would vote to lighten up on some of these laws. And uh, then people would say, oh, you're you're for legalizing marijuana, aren't you? <laughs> you know, that's because I, it was always told me that's the dumbest thing you could do politically. Yeah. And, and I say, no. I'm not for legalizing marijuana. Matter of fact, I don't even I don't even know stuff. I've never seen it smoked <laughs> or anything. I said, but I want to legalize freedom. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to legalize and make it easy to get ivermectin. All you have to do is legalize freedom, and you solve the problems of the borders, and you solve the problems of of uh, the lockdowns and everything else. But the concept of uh, actually making freedom and free choices and voluntarism legitimate. It's so strange that that is so strange to people. And that's what that's what this country was all about. And those principles lasted for a good while, but they've sort of been fading lately. So we should take advantage of this recognition now that the further lockdown and the conclusion of locking down and controlling people, not such a good idea. It can lead to the disaster at home and it can lead to a disaster like they're trying to stir up in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just going to close out if we're done, Dr. Paul. And I would just, I would just, you know, say to our conservative friends out there, don't be against this war because it's a Biden war and Biden's a dummy and all this stuff. Just take a few minutes and think about what this whole thing has been. We now know under Bush, it was all ramped up. It was all fake. Under Obama with the drone strikes, it was all fake. You're being had, you're being had by people who want you to think on one team or the other. Think through this. This is not in our interest to get involved in this kind of business. We've already been involved. We're digging, we've, dig, we've dug a hole for years and years. It's time to start filling in the hole and filling in and getting out of the hole. And getting out of the hole means stop this foreign policy of nonstop intervention overseas and ramp back this whole idea of trying to rule the world. This doesn't work out very well. Very good. I'm gonna follow up on what, Rand, uh, with what uh, Daniel just said. And that is um, that there is a principle that solves this problem because the liberals, and the do-gooders, conservatives too, uh, they use the excuse, well, we, we got to take care of the people. That's our job, to give them safety and security, uh, which is uh, sounds good. It sounds like it's humanitarian, but uh, sometimes that backfires. So uh, the, the principle we have to think about is tolerance of people when they have habits that are different than yours, uh, that you, you can put up with what they do, especially as long as they don't hurt anybody else. But the other thing to do uh, to, to try to understand is that everybody in a free society has a right to take their own risks. And uh, that is something they, they can't understand because the government there is to protect you uh, against taking risks, either make, make the activity prohibited or make you take shots when you don't want it, make you exercise when you don't need it, you know, on and on. But it's the idea of a risk. And uh, yes, you mean just let people do what they want if they don't hurt other people? If they do dumb things for themselves, if, if they drink too much or whatever, you know, they, they suffer the consequences and they shouldn't become victims that get 
you know, special privileges and the people that don't get involved in taking a risk have to pay and take care of it. It's that part that uh, people say, oh, you have to do this because if you fall down and get and bump your head, uh, you have to go to the emergency room and all the taxpayers have to pay. Well, why do they have to pay? People should be responsible and liable for their activities. But uh, so it's a hard thing to understand. You mean I have a right in a free society to take the risk I want? You mean I can eat what I want and I can drink what I want as long as I don't do harm to another person? Wow, that's an extreme idea. Yeah, well, not so extreme. It's something that uh, it's been tried, and every time it's tried, it, it works out quite well. And uh, when we were a much freer society, we had the most prosperous society, the largest uh, uh, middle class in the history of the world, and that is all fading away because we have forgotten some basic principles that people's lives are their own and they should be able to do what they want with it as long as they don't hurt other people, and uh, the world would be better lot better off and there certainly would be a lot better chance for peace. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.